Excuse me, is this seat taken? I'm Derek Kirk, and you're listening to Is This Seat Taken? My personal journey to learn how local leaders across California are engaging their communities. Welcome to Is This Seat Taken? I am sitting across the table today from my friend and my colleague, Maria Kelly. Maria is, we've known each other for almost two years now, which is super fun. Thank you very much for um, participating in this project with me. Thank you, Derek. That is the cutest name for a podcast. Isn't that it's fun? not just cute, it's brilliant. I think is it's this fun. this Seat Taken? I, I love it. Yes, I, I appreciate and that. And today it is. And today it is. That's it Right. It's taken by me. <laughs> um, yeah. Well, thank you for joining me. I appreciate it. We're sitting enjoying a glass of wine because, as we just discussed, every good podcast um, is recorded with a glass of wine in hand. Probably. Yes. And it should be. Yeah, yeah exactly. For sure. So, Maria, I want to center the conversation around this question, who is Maria Kelly? I know Maria Kelly as an incredible human being that I love sitting and having conversations and drinking wine with, but you know, who is Maria Kelly and, and really why are you in this work? Um, the first thing that came to me when you said that is like, I'm a force to be reckoned with if I see a problem that needs to be solved. There is absolutely nothing that will stop me from trying to figure out a solution to every problem. Like if there's a big issue with, especially, and I'm very much drawn to issues within a community that I consider blocking a community or blocking a community's ability to move forward. And I was just sharing this yesterday with a community member that I feel like I'm one of those people that can sort of look past the problems and focus on the solution. And that is summarizes why I'm in this work. So Maria Kelly is essentially a badass. Problem solver. Problem solver. <laughs> In this community, there and in are this no space. rules. No, there I'm are kidding. no rules in the work that we're doing, and you should just keep doing it. So, Maria, I appreciate that. I think that's a really unique way of describing yourself, and and um, I think it's interesting. I don't think most people in a community are willing to, quite frankly, admit when they're good at something. Um, and and the best part about it is you're not even a politician touting yourself and why you should be reelected. Re you're just touting the fact that you want to get things done. Right. Yeah. And I'm totally fine with being wrong. And I don't always have the clear path, but I'm unwilling to sit by and point a finger without stepping up and saying, you know what, maybe we need to fix this. Um, and it doesn't even mean that I, I know fundamentally it's not me fixing it. It's me helping create some synergy and buy in and actually have the community fix it and address it. That's great. So I think that's what that, what that ultimately means when you're working in a community. That's great. So Maria, you are currently the Director of Community Affairs for Justin Vineyards and Winery. Um, this is not the first community affairs position you've held, but I would probably argue the one position um, that you, or the first position that you've held that has probably push you the farthest into this space um, because of a number of different um, things that have occurred and, and um, parts of the community that have kind of forced this engagement from your company. So talk to me what, first of all, first of all, before we kind of dive into that, what does it mean to be a community affairs professional? Because this is re a relatively new space. 
Yeah, I, it, and it's new. It's it's so it's new and it's evolving and it's still undefined by a lot of people. There's misunderstanding even internally within my company all the time. What is community affairs? Community affairs is that gray area between public relations, marketing, government relations, and all these other pieces. You're basically looking at a business from a 30,000 foot view and, or what I'm doing, and figuring out where those crossover and where those alliances and where those lines intersect to, instead of silos, you're basically building the web from within the company as well as within the community. So it's a very, um, it's sometimes it's almost feel, it's, you're really creating these networks. It's almost like being a little neuroscience. It's being the center of a brain and starting firing off those networks and making sure people are connected. I think that's super interesting because I think in our space, uh, there are people with titles like government affairs and there are people with titles like community affairs and there's public affairs. And there's even, I I think even tying economic development titles into that same space. And and all of us in, in large part do similar things. Sure. But the community affairs really is like a web. I I think for myself, sometimes I describe it as a little bit fluffy because people in the companies um, that I have been a, a part of, they're not, they don't understand what it means. Right, and it's, there's a lot of trust involved because yeah. a company has to basically look at you and, and I, you know, and we can tie this into my other work with the Berkshire Hathaway and Topaz Solar Farms too, but you're basically making sure that there is a rational, reasonable business you know, quantifiable business decision being made while you're making all these other decisions. You're not isolating any one part of the relationship. You're looking at your vendor relationships. You're looking at your philanthropic relationships. You're looking at your government um, relationships. And, it, and, and organizations have had a hard time identifying what do we call that person. And it is becoming the community affairs. You know, I've been a business relations specialist. <laughs> I've been, you know, community outreach. But when you're really talking talking about a business reason to have someone doing this job, that's when it becomes community affairs. That's really interesting. I think, you know, as, as we look at even across San Luis Obispo County, I, I think that there are maybe only two or three of us that have similar titles mm-hmm. in that space and are representing businesses that, that want us sitting at the table, if you will, um, in the conversations that impact the daily life of the company and the employees and the constituents of that business. And it's, and it's, and it's also a very specifically a strategic positioning. Like the role is to strategically position the business in a, or as I like to tell people, it's a repositioning and a reestablishment of relationships. Yeah. So that's the difference. It's not just really looking at one thing, like a government affairs person or a policy person. I love it. So Maria, you have worked, I think the two roles I really want to talk to you about today and and your experiences in general, you worked for Topaz Solar Farms, Mm -hmm. which is a Berkshire Hathaway project, um, a a project that wasn't without its um, negative comments, I think, as it was being developed in the community. And then you went over to Justin Vineyards and Winery, which I, I would personally say is one of the most giving corporations in this county, if not the most giving corporation in this county, but also a company that had its negative perception and continues to have that negative perception. So I'd love to just hear kind of what that looked like for you serving in that role for these two companies, how you engage the community 
really in um, understanding the work of the company and what that means for you every day. Sure. So it was really interesting with Berkshire Hathaway, and that that was a leap and a stretch for me professionally. I hadn't really taken on that type of role ago again it's kind of an evolving sure. sort of and, and it was different than sort of the whole company had addressed in their other energy divisions how they were really addressing the community engagement piece of it it was a new way and I again I had to sort of define the role define the title define the relationships the difference was is that Topaz Solar Farms had already had such a robust public scrutiny that really my my tasks were clearly identified to fully understand all the 133 conditions, environmental conditions on the project and be able to translate that effectively to the community to still buy community goodwill because you know during construction and towards the end of construction at the end, you know, there was still so much misinformation. And one of the great things and why we have community affairs is because humans are humans and we glom on to whatever information we want to tuck away in our heads. And so being able to sort of continue to educate, educate, educate sort of the misinformation that was out there. The difference is, is because of that public scrutiny, there were teams, so to speak. And I was on the team that wanted to build the project. So I had alliances, I had allies, I had the construction crew. I had scientists and every, you know all the environmental monitors. We were all on the same team. And so it made it very a very special time. Like I'll still have a couple of people from that period in time and we reminisce. It was almost like going to summer camp together. Remember when we rode the bus, you know? <laughs> So it was a very positive, incredibly um, beautiful time for renewable energy. It was dynamic. It was cutting edge. It was the largest in the world. I got to do stuff like get videographers on site and take video that for Mr. Buffett. Like there were all these little pieces. Sure. Um, the difference with where I am now, even though the wonderful company and Justin is the most philanthropic, when I opted to jump out of Berkshire Hathaway, I didn't jump into a team. I didn't have those allies. I didn't have those alliances. I had to rely on the fact that my, my strength in those relationships that I was going to be able to carry those with me. And I, and I was very honest with the company. I said, I'm going to be leveraging every single relationship I have. And some of them are going to work and some of them aren't. And that still holds true three years later. That's so interesting because I think as you think about community affairs, community engagement, community outreach, whatever that, that um, the, the name of this field really is, you often think of a single per. I often think of a single person at least, but it's exciting to always for me to know when other parts of the company understand the benefit of that person. So you jumped from Topaz mm -hmm. with, you know, with this team of people that were pushing renewable energy, mm -hmm. which is quite frankly, I think a little um, topic to get people excited about because it's sustainability and it, it mm -hmm. you know is solving climate change. There's so many different elements that you are you are doing something good for the world very clearly. And then you jumped to Justin, which again is an incredible company, but it, it, it they're wine producers, right? They're right. not out there doing some sort of incredible public good through their business, they, they are doing incredible public good, but, but that's a, a philanthropic side. It's not their day-to-day. -day. Right. And that was the part that was really tough for me because I had really immersed myself in the technical side of, and I'd had previous experience. I love taking technical information and being able to translate it to the community. 
it's something I like to challenge myself with. I don't understand the terminology. I won't understand anything about it, but I will immerse myself and be able to regurgitate a very tellable story about what we're trying to do and build that trust with transparency. Um, and that's the struggle I have even today is like, it's wine. I'm not that passionate about the technology <laughs> about wine. Um, I am. I'm not even I'm very passionate I, about the wine technology. I'm glad just, people the, make the end it. product. <laughs> So it's been really fascinating learning about the industry, but what I'm getting to understand a little better without the technical shadow, really, I've been able to spend a little bit more time really understanding business um, and sort of business processes and business decisions and being more aware of the strategy. So as much as I miss that technical piece, it's actually freed up my brain a little True. bit to focus on some of the other pieces or aspects of the business. Um, and what sort of has helped me along, not being like I abandoned my um, my care of renewable energy is that, yes, the wonderful company has an, has made an incredible mm -hmm. commitment to be 100% renewable at their major, one of their major plants over in the Valley by 2025. So, there's still that little bit of touch point there, but what I'm really doing right now is really focusing on the people and the people of our community and the company and not anything magical yeah. about a technology, which I miss, but it's it's still for the good of the community. So I think it's super interesting because um, you of all people, you made the comment earlier that there were 130 or some, that some odd environmental you know elements that you had to be able to understand and regurgitate to the community. Because quite frankly, if, if you walked up to a random person on the street and asked them a question about environmental impact, they're gonna have no idea what environmental impact likely even means in terms of government and community engagement and local businesses. But you know, you went to a, a company that you know I would argue you still very much have to be technical. You're engaged in a lot of mm -hmm. groundwater policy right. conversations yep. um, it, that are having you know impacts not just locally, but I think on a statewide level. But you also, um, and I don't want to ignore this, you're also in charge of, in large part, a budget that you are responsible for giving to the community, to giving to different nonprofits. So you have this extreme technical side, but you also have this side of the business where you're supposed to be that face that serves on community boards and hands out the big checks. It's a very drastic change. Very drastic, and the way I manage that is that is totally time-based management. I have to be able to transition from one thing to another, but to manage all these different pieces, again, that 30,000 foot view, I have to look at how I spend time every day and um, where am I going to have the capacity, the energy or that rhythm to be able to engage in that philanthropic community side? Yeah. And where do I have that capacity and rhythm to dive into the technical, um, reports and try to be able to communicate to the team that needs to know a strategic position based on decisions that are being made by elected officials. So I have, I do have to be able to sort of, and I take that at a very high level, like I'll take the very surface, like sort of those top level bullet points and I'll feed them out and say, okay, this is what's happening now uh, about on-site offsets or offset on-sites or whatever it is you need to know about where we're sure. using water and how, and is it gonna impact our business on the west side? No, is it impacting our business on the east side? Yes, I need to be able to speak in bullet points to that. Um, because your team doesn't care. They don't care about the rest. They don't care, they don't about, care the about, rest. about the politics. They nope. just want to know is, is the way I'm doing my business going to have to change? Are we going to have to change? Do we get to replant that vineyard in 2021? 
I need to be able to tell them with confidence based on the decisions that are being made today. Yes, 100%. I think that that property has value. And yes, we're going to be replanting our vineyards in 2021. We don't need to be worried about the emergency ordinance. Like that's all. Yeah. But at the same time, that I, do, I have to be very strategic in how I spend time understanding and developing my responses because not only am I interfacing with the community, which is incredibly important to me, those internal relationships and that internal communication, it doesn't matter what I do externally. If the internal piece is all screwed up, sure. then it doesn't matter what I do in the community. That's really, I think, a really valid point. When I took my job in my organization, um, my predecessor described the organization kind of as as the earth and my department as the moon, never quite fitting in, but always constantly orbiting. Mm-hmm. And it, and it, I've worked so hard to integrate my department in because if you if you can't be bought in and if your team members and your colleagues across the hall can't be bought into the work that you're doing no one's ever going to take you seriously and they're always going to go find the information somewhere else or they're going to ignore the information well you have this incredible workforce we have an incredible workforce so justin's in this negative pole position on the racetrack who's your best ambassador it's your employees and if your employees can't ambassador for your company mm, then you're really there's not a lot. Yeah. So the strategy initially was to help position us externally and say, what I did was I said, okay, I'm going to position us externally. And then I can go back to the employees and say, see guys, look, it's totally safe to step outside the doors and stick your toe in the water. Like it's safe now. Yeah. It's okay. And then get, get that set in motion and now be able to go inside the company and really start building those relationships internally to address some of the other issues that we that are kind of showing up externally. All of this as one person managing relationships with an entire company, managing relationships with a city, with a county, with other surrounding communities that are quite frankly reliant on the support of a company like Justin mm-hmm. to be engaged in their operations. I mean, kudos to you and and kudos to the fact that that Justin and the wonderful company even have recognized the need for such a role in such a community. Right. Oh, that in and of itself is huge. There aren't any other strictly community affairs people in the company. There's community um, manager. There's like grower relations managers. There's other relation managers, but it's such a unique position that all the other relationship people, unless it's a grower relations manager who's working for production, whether it's lemons or palm, you know, sure. pomegranates or whatever, they all work under the philanthropy team. Interesting. I'm working under a marketing. Um, so because what I'm doing is not just one thing yeah. and I needed to be able to be in a place where a cost center could just <laughs> be a cost center and spend money <laughs> sure. and not have to be making money. Yeah. And I think that that was the business decision for putting me there. I truly believe that. But um, yeah. That's interesting. And come up with my own metrics of whether or not I'm being effective. That's right. That's the, the best part <laughs> at the end of the day. So Maria, you know, you're in, you've been engaged in this county for a long time. Mm-hmm. You know, we didn't, we, we won't even touch on the fact that you served on a local community services district board. You've invested in this community. We're sitting in your home right now, which is, uh, an old colony home, right? An original from the, the, the city of Atascadero. You are invest- so extremely invested in this space. But I, w- 
want to ask you why because you could just have a normal uh, you know nine to five job if you wanted to and you could come home and you could cook dinner and you could enjoy a nice book um, and your fiance and you know move on but instead you've chosen to have the early mornings and late nights you've chosen to be involved in the politics you've chosen to be involved in your community why why would you do that um I can do the really simple answer and say, I just love people and oh, I love community. <clears throat> I actually think it goes a little deeper. Oh, good. Yeah. Um, I always wanted to be a therapist and okay. I wanted to help people. I wanted to be connected to people. I wanted to solve problems. I, there were all these things I was really good at. I was always that friendly ear. I was gr I tons of grit and gumption and just go for it and all those things. And I really wanted to be a therapist and, um, realizing early on that I really wasn't probably a good fit for me. A little bit too passionate, a little bit too opinionated, um, but also recognizing that I have this bravery piece that sort of allows me to, even though I'm uncomfortable, stepping into conflict and being okay with that yeah. and not feeding off of it, but truly like being uncomfortable but comfortable enough to know that someone needs to step in sometimes and see if there's a way to be a voice of reason you're not always gonna win but there's always going to be a voice or an unheard voice and what I realized in the last 15 years is my voice tended to be that moderate sort of I'm too afraid to speak up I don't want to get stuck in the frenzy and I had that shared voice, but I just had a braver, that doesn't sound, I was willing to step into the fray. Sure. Um, and, and I saw these little things I was doing in, you know, 20 years ago, 25 years ago, um, sort of these little outreach things, activities or things I would take on and how appreciative the community was that somebody was offering them a way in yeah. to engage. And I think it's going to tie into where we are going sure. with this conversation. Yeah. And I, whether it was through um, the little indoor park I worked at in Oregon and sat on the board, I started realizing in these little leadership roles when I was offering a hand to saying, hey, come be a part of this with us, it felt so good, that connection that you made with people. And really all that I'm doing now is it's just gotten a lot bigger. Instead of dealing with 20 people, I'm literally dealing with hundreds, if not thousands of times at trying to influence thousands of people at saying, hey, come on, it's safe, we can do this. Especially when it comes to conflict. Um, people get super stuck, they get frustrated, they get sad. And sometimes all it is, um, when I interviewed for this job, the president of the company said, how are you gonna address? everything that's going on and I like you know what I feel like I just need to sit out there and just ask people if they need a hug like it's literally that people are so upset right now it's my favorite answer <laughs> in the world I think they just need a hug and then we'll talk about the hard stuff yeah it's just being willing to talk about the hard stuff so it's kind of a circuitous way around it but sort of offering a hand a way yeah. to engage offering an answer offering and something to sort of settle people down so we can move beyond that stuck, that conflict. Conflict keeps you stuck. And if you don't engage, you're just staying stuck. Um, That's really personally and in a community. So I basically take interpersonal work that I've done with myself, apply it on a broader scale. That's great. 
So I, I think that kind of really leads into this segment to really the last two questions. The first being, why should people engage? Mm -hmm. It's really interesting when one person feels so invested in the community and so willing to dedicate every moment really of their lives to to being engaged but why should someone engage in the process it's so easy i think to get lost in you know taking our kids to school and you know karate and band and dance and all those things or so easy to go home at night and put the tv on and not worry about the world but why should someone engage in their community it's a personal growth issue. I mean, I think that we're very social. We are social beings. We're social creatures and we thrive and we are healthier and we're happier and our communities are happier when we are engaged. And, and there are times when all you can really do is get your kids to school and get them to karate. Sure. There are times when it's a bare minimum and maybe it's just a matter of writing a letter to your elected official. But knowing that you matter or that your voice matters is so important in knowing that you showing up matters at any at any point in time i don't show up at very much i have to be very specific and selective i want to come to everything um but it it keeps me connected to that larger web of humanity and life and that it's not just about yeah, it's not just about because you're doing a good thing or a right thing. It really is actually about you and how you feel about yourself and how you feel about your community. And you, and that's what you see people is you, unfortunately, the space has been taken up by sort of negativity and polarization. Sure. Um, 100%. But there's other spaces where showing up still really matters. And it, it really is just about being a part of, of humanity. That's great. So I want to end on, you know, you've convinced me to now be engaged and involved in my community. How do I do that? Yeah. I think that it is so easy for people to get uh, bogged down and discouraged by the, the so many different levels that they mm -hmm. could engage in. And also the lack of open doors or, you know, throwing it to the name of this podcast, the lack of seats at the table for them to sit and engage. So what's the first step someone should take before or as they're trying to engage in their community? Think about something that they care about. Think about something they're passionate about. Do they care about art? Do they care about pets? Do they care about environment? Do, what, are the, what is it that they care about? And then do a little bit of homework on, on what, what am I comfortable with? And maybe you don't jump in right away. The one thing that I would always encourage people, and it's a hiccup I think we all make, is we go in with these preconceived notions or judgment about what it should be, what the experience should be like, how people should respond to me showing up, how it should be. You can't have any expectations or judgment. You need to be showing up wholeheartedly with no expectations yeah. of getting anything back. You need to truly just be there because you want to be there. And um, that's tough for people. Um, but it may be as simple as when you walk around the lake, you pick up garbage. It doesn't have to be formal engagement initially. It's just doing something you care about. That's really, um, I like that. I, I think that, um, you know, that message of it doesn't have to be formal is really important for people um, every day. So, Maria, when I grow up, I want to be you. Thank you so much for um, <laughs> sitting with me, enjoying some wine with me, and um, participating in this project with me. I appreciate it. It's my, been my absolute pleasure. Thank you. Thank you for joining me this week on Is This Seat Taken? Be sure to subscribe to the podcast and catch future episodes as I continue to learn from California's local leaders. Have a great week, everyone.